Welcome to Inside the Match, where Alex and Simone talk residency applications. We are two residents here to help you navigate the match. For each podcast, we'll bring you residents from various specialties and backgrounds to give advice. So today we have Ellie. Welcome, Ellie. Hi, Simone. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. So what specialty are you in? Uh, You know, I'm in psychiatry with you. So normally, (laughs) we'd like to start the podcast with some rapid fire questions. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. So here we go. What medical school did you go to? I went to the American University of Beirut or AUB in Beirut in Lebanon. Did you dual apply to another specialty? No, I did not. How many psychiatry programs did you apply to? I must have applied to around 70, maybe. And how many programs did you interview at? A total of 10. So can you tell me a little bit about how being an international medical graduate affected your decision-making during this entire process? Sure. So being an international graduate, my options were pretty limited by a number of factors. For example, I couldn't apply to programs that do not offer a visa sponsorship, um, be it a J-1 or exchange visitor visa or an H-1B or a work visa. So from that more limited batch, I then looked at each program's current or past residents and then tried to figure out how many of those were IMGs on average per class. And I was particularly interested in programs that have had graduates from my medical school specifically, or even more broadly, any medical school in my home country. Um, not only did it indicate that I had a, light, you know, a higher likelihood of matching there or ranking high in those places, but it also was a good indicator that those programs were familiar with the additional hassle that comes with being an international graduate and sort of you know, ho- know how to deal with it. Um, WashU, for example, Washington University in St. Louis, where I'm currently training, um, has had a few residents from Lebanon over the years and has been really helpful and knowledgeable when it came to those issues whenever they did arise. The third thing that I paid attention to is proximity and ease of travel as, you know, I knew that I would try to go back home as frequently as I possibly could. Um, And which is why I did not apply to any programs in California, for example, or the West Coast as it would add an additional six hour flight to my already insanely long travel time. Oh my gosh, yeah, six additional hours is a lot. How long is your current travel time to go back home to Lebanon? So right now it's about 24 hours because there's no international flights from St. Louis. So I have to go to a bigger airport such as Chicago, Atlanta, New York, and then go to Europe and then from Europe go up to Lebanon. So there's always three legs to my travel. Wow, what a long travel day. Well, you know, let's kick it off with your interview. You know, the interview is always such a stressful process during the residency application season. So what were two of the toughest or most difficult questions that you were asked during the residency interview process? Um, I guess one of the toughest one for me was, and I've been asked this question a couple of times being an IMG again, It's, uh, do you envision yourself going back to Lebanon or staying in the U.S.? Simply because I, at that time, I just did not know the answer to that question. Um, Another one was, tell us of a time you made a mistake as a medical student and how you addressed it 
I know it's somewhat of a, of a classic, so I should have been, um, you know, ready for it. But um, it's, so, yeah, and you may have seen it if you read one of those online forums about interview prep. But for some reason, I just wasn't ready for it. And I just kind of blanked for a good 10 to 15 seconds. Otherwise, though, I mean, interviewing for psychiatry was much more laid back than any other specialties, or at least from what I've heard. Um, because people really want to get to know you and know who you are as a person, uh, want to see that you are relatable and can work as, you know, in a team. Um, because that's what the job, that's what, that's what the job is really about. So true. I definitely agree with you when it comes to psychiatry. And I think we were lucky to have those interviews to be able to converse about things that we enjoy. So what are some questions that you recommend an applicant ask a program director? Yeah, I mean, you can, and you can find all that information online because there's just so much information there. But uh, it really depends on what you're applying to. What I would recommend against would be to avoid asking questions which answers can actually be found online in the program's website just for the sake of asking something. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, Simone. Yeah, <laughs> That's no, the thing does. I can think of. Okay. A lot of the times, you know, people will pick out things that are so easily found, like, a, you know, the elective opportunities or right. schedules. And, you know, it can be frustrating for a program director who has already laid it out, especially on websites, which many have been redesigned for this specific application cycle. Right. right. Are there, and, which, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. Are, you know, are there any other places you look to find information about programs outside of the websites? Yeah, I mean, you know, I did go into the website of all the programs that I actually applied to because I really wanted to know what I was, where I was applying and what kind of program these places were. Uh, otherwise, um, I looked at Frida, which has, I think is an interactive website from AMA. The reason I looked at Frida, again, as an interna international student, was that I could actually filter out the programs that do not offer sponsorship. So I could just pick from the places that I knew for a fact were offering J1s and H1s just because the FRIDA program was allowing me to look at those uh, specifically. Um, other places that I kind of looked at and I think people look at is Doximity um, because it also ranks some of these programs based on reputation and based on, um, I think, research output and stuff like that. And it also has a lot of really nice information such as percentage, percentage IMG and, you know, and stuff like that. And the other thing that I also um, did was kind of look at places where AUB graduates or people from my medical school actually went to or graduated from um, and reached out to those people. And I would recommend, you know, anyone who's applying to sort of do the same. Um, it's, it's more so to kind of gauge whether the program that they're at is actually someplace that you would like to train at. Um, to kind of have like a, an insider info. Um, and what I would recommend right now for particularly this season is basically going to social media um, accounts such as yours, Simone, uh, that shares all these different experiences from all different you know, parts of the states and um, different specialties. Um, and I think right now social media information is probably bigger than it's ever been before. When I applied, I really didn't look at social media uh, platforms, but I think right now it's sort of relevant. 
Those are all amazing tips, especially the one with proximity. You often recognize that there are so many mentors that you can find on the actual website and you can reach out to them just by sending a simple message and asking about their experience at a residency program and then utilizing your own medical school and asking those that have graduated is such a fantastic way to connect with those across the country at various programs. Right. And more often than not, when you reach out to people, they're more than happy to help. Great don't be afraid point. to reach out. Yeah. So true. People love to be asked advice. Right. So after interviews were done, did you send emails to programs that you were interested in? And did you send one to your top choice? Yeah, I, I definitely did. And I recommend it as well for people who are applying this cycle. Did you ask any of your mentors to reach out to programs that you were interested in? Uh, personally, I did not. But I know people who did, and I would advise it if you have mentors that have these kinds of connections and if you feel comfortable enough asking them. Uh, I don't think as just, I wasn't in that position to actually do it, but uh, I I recommend it if you feel comfortable doing it, for sure. You have nothing to lose, basically. Very true. You can always ask. Mm -hmm. So... You know, when it came time to actually raking the programs, what did you think was most important to you? I mean, there's, there's, there are a number of factors that I looked at for each program that I mentioned earlier. Um, in addition to those, I, I looked at location. Um, in my particular case, I was interested in child and adolescent psychiatry and autism in particular. So that was a very important uh, feature that I was looking at for programs. But really, when it came down to it, what mattered most to me was the impression that I had from the residents and the people that I met on interview day. Um, I mean, I won't name names, but I have interviewed at programs that were really reputable, but where the residents just seemed miserable and not really happy, uh, which was a major turnoff for me when when it came to ranking those programs. So true. Yeah, it's important to figure out what you're looking for in a program when you're making that rank list. Right. Is there anything else that you'd like to offer about the application or the residency interview process? Yeah, actually, I I would strongly recommend to take notes um, because after a while, all these programs start to morph into one massive super program and it gets really hard telling them apart. And I I had an extensive cheat sheet for every single program that I went to and interviewed at with relevant details that I thought were important um, regarding the program structure, various comments that I had found in the online forums that we mentioned before, such as like Doximity and and Frida um, and specific notable things about each program. And I actually carried my notebook with me on interview days and jotted down stuff I wanted to remember as the day went by. And then when I went back to my hotel room, I would just make a pros and cons list for every single program that I went to. I know it's, it seems like a lot of effort, but it really paid off a few months down the line when I had to sort of remember all these things and come up with a, with a rank list. So I strongly recommend to just write things down because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to remember them after a few months. So true. You can just have a notebook right by your computer during virtual interview season and jot down things with a pen as you go. It really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. So we like to end our podcast with a fun fact. So Ellie, share a fun fact about you. Uh, So my fun fact is that I'm also a musician um, and have had several projects that I worked on, but one that I 
is sort of my baby. Um, it's with a, my bandmate who lives now in Lebanon. Um, and the name of the band is Safar. We're on, which means travel in Arabic, by the way. So it kind of tells you what sort of music we play. It's very sort of dreamy, indie pop, alternative music. And we, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. There's a bunch of videos there. Um, and yeah, that's it. That is so cool. And, and everyone definitely look them up. You can also follow Safar Music on Instagram. So that's all the time we have today with Ellie. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Match. Special thanks to Kevin McCloyd for the music and be sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast. Catch our next podcast to learn more application tips and hear from another awesome resident.